Hello, and welcome to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. With your host, Kenneth Bacor. This is episode 40, recorded on August 12, 2022. EV Revolution Show is supported in part by Budget Safe Solar. If you are considering solar in most any part of North America, give my friends a call. They will take the time to listen to your specific situation and help you reach a decision about what's available to you and what makes the most sense. If you'd like to join the growing solar industry, they'd like to speak with you. Go to www.budgetsafesolar.com to contact them. All right, and welcome to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. My name is Kenneth Bocor, your host, as you heard. Thanks very much for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to another informative podcast in the world of the electric vehicle marketplace. And I'm very excited to have another ecosystem company. You you folks that have been listening to my um, over 39 episodes now of the audio podcast know I love to get people from all around the world that are doing different things in the EV landscape. And today I'm I'm very excited to have a couple of representatives, actual co-founders of a company called Stack Charge. They're based down in the States, and we'll get more information from them. So let me welcome and introduce uh, co-founder Lawrence Fung and co-founder Lester Suidad Royal uh, for Stack Charge. How are you guys? We're doing well, Kenny. Hey. Thanks very much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join me. Thank you. Thanks, Thank thanks, you. Ken. We're we're happy to we're happy to be here. Yeah, so I was very excited when um, you guys reached out to me a little while ago and asked about having a conversation to talk about what you guys do. The intro line uh, paragraphs that I have here is that you guys are one of a kind charging experience incorporating EV fast charging stations with elevated retail offerings and quick service restaurants amenities. Um, You're committed to boosting the consumer experience by turning electric charging stations into modern experience driven hubs. Love to see that. I know there's been some work in Europe already by some organizations doing something similar. Um, And that's a very important concept. You know, obviously, we know that um, by 2030, you know, there's estimates that EVs could reach 35 million in the US, which would be great. I'd love to see that because that's 35 million less tailpipes potentially uh, in that number. And that you guys are aiming to invest and develop charging hubs for the future. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about your plans and all that kind of stuff. So l- let me, I'm not sure who to start with. So I'll ask one of you guys to jump in, but let's start with, you know, what was the basis of you two guys getting together and how did this whole company founding come about? Lawrence, you go you go ahead and start it off. You're on mute, buddy. There you go. <laughs> it's all yeah. good. Great question. Um yeah, so so Lester and I were both uh, were both veterans of the U.S. military. I was in the U.S. Navy. He was a Marine Corps, um, and we had Super met. Five. In- Thanks for serving, by the way. I want to reach out. I served three years in the Canadian Navy when I was eighteen. I wanted to see the world, so hats off to you. There you go. <laughs> I knew we'd get along <laughs> exactly in an orderly manner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so we met many you know many moons ago in business school. Um, Lester had gone off. To uh, you know, a career in real estate development. I went into healthcare technology, um, and so I'll get back to that later. But uh, yeah, about two, almost two years ago, 
you know, when the shutdown happened, you couldn't, you know, I, I was a big traveler, couldn't fly anywhere anymore. So I started doing road trips. Um, you know, there was no good reason whatsoever, but I decided to buy a Tesla when I was stuck at home. Um, you know, you talk about user experience. I mean, they made it so easy where a few mm. clicks and my car came in a week. And there you know? go. So, now you got to wait a couple of months at know. least, but it's still a pretty that, easy experience. I yeah. I got, when I got mine too in 2020, it was very non-eventful. It was like, but I'm used to going to a dealership and haggling and mm-hmm. putting more effort than just, you know, let's fill out the, the screen, two screens. No, totally. Yeah. No, totally. Exactly. So user experience, right? Purchasing the vehicle, picking up is, is, is great, right? And and so, you know, obviously I took a chart, you know, I took it on road trips and I did my first supercharging experience. And you know, the, the ability to pull up to, a, uh, you know, let's just call it a, a, you know, a supercharging station, you just plug yeah. in and you plug out, you know, you unplug and go. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Right. So I was like, wow, this is great. You know, you know, before having a, an EV, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really do much research. You know, I did have concerns about range anxiety, right. Mm-hmm. You hear it all the time, you know, and yeah. I also thought about it too, right? I was like, you know, Hey, why am I, if I'm on a rush and, somebody's blocking the chargers, you know, am I going to get stuck? Am I going to be late to work all the time? Or am I not going to be able to find a charging station? Because, you know, when I didn't have an electric vehicle, I wasn't really looking for them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you see gas, you know, you're so used to gas stations, right? You go to Costco here in the States, right? It's kind of the place where most people fill up gas, right? Um, but, you know, anyhow, so I started doing a lot of road trips, started supercharging. And, you know, I was like, you know what, the, this the speed of charging is not that bad, you know, 25 minutes on average mm-hmm. for me. Um, but one, one thing that kind of drove me nuts was why the heck am I in the middle of nowhere in the, you know, in the corner of a parking lot? Um, you know, why is it that I can't find simple things like a trash can, a restroom? Um, you know, why is this attached to, uh, you know, you know, a restaurant that's going to take them 45 minutes to get me food when Tesla says, hey, you got to move the car, otherwise you're going to get penalized, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so, what happened was I called Lester and I said, hey, you know, there, there's a project that, you know, um, you had brought me on as, a, as an investor and it was a micro food hall um, and it happened to have Tesla stations uh, attached to the parking lot, right? And I said, hey, how's that project going? Because, you know, and, and I started explaining to him the issue, right? I said, hey, I'm having this, you know, this this first world problem, right? You, you buy this new car, you know, you're, you you get spoiled by driving and the user experience, but the charging experience was pretty bad. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, you know, maybe the answer is, you know, something like uh, in a food court where, you know, they can make the food in 15 minutes, right? You know, they're not really traditional sit down. And so, and so that's kind of where we started. We kind of mm-hmm. started thinking that, oh, maybe... Maybe the answer is you have these micro food halls where you have four or five tenants and you have a taco shop, you got pizzeria, you know, and your coffee, you know, whatever, right? And charging stations. Um, And so that's kind of where we started. You know, we started realizing after doing quite a bit of research and and talking to a lot of customers that that mix, you know, would have cannibalized the the retail. Um, And so we started to look more at the gas station model. And that's kind of where we're at now, where, you know, we we are looking at these sites where, you know, we're going to have, you know, 20 DC fast stations and, you know, have amenities, meaning, you know, maybe one um, food option and maybe one convenience store, um, you know, so, so something much more like a, a modern day gas station. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where this all spurred. And, 
And, you know, now we're, we're trying to really create not just a charging hub or charging stations, but we're trying to create a destination. You know, we want these to be kind of like the new nucleus of cities. You know, we want to have, um, because, you know, people are going to have to charge their car, especially if they live in apartment buildings. Um, you know, we want to build these centers where it's where they want to keep coming back to these sites, right. To, to not just charge, but to spend time and meet friends and, you know, run errands, et cetera. So, so that's kind of where we, you know, kind of started all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting um, thought there and something that I've echoed as well, Lawrence, where, you know, part of the, the whole EV experience, the road trip element to it is that experience of charging, because if it is, as you say, a, a destination, while you're en route to your final destination, it makes the trip much more enjoyable. And Lester, is that something that's important when you guys are looking at sites? You know, you can, you, we'll talk about your first site that you've selected here, but how critical is that in your business model of, of really enhancing that experience uh, for people that want that need to charge on a road trip? Yeah, it's extremely uh, critical. You know, when we look for sites, we're looking for sites in in you know high density areas near freeways right or these destination locations like our first baker site right we know that that's a, a path that's highly traveled and there's a large demand of ev charging uh, required for that area so that was one of the reasons why we chose the baker site but site selection is critical to 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 our model um and it's it's ultimately what's going to make our our venture successful right you know as lawrence mentioned you know we're, we're building destination centers but in addition to that it's we're solving two problems, right? We're solving the EV infrastructure problem or the lack of EV infrastructure. And then we're also um, solving a user experience. You know, as Lawrence mentioned, you know, today's experience on these charging stations, it's, it's pretty horrible, right? You're, you're in dark parking structures uh, that are unsafe, uh, un, you know, not well lit. You know, you're in shopping malls or, or, or certain shopping centers where you know that, DC fast charging takes about 20 to 30 minutes to charge your vehicle. That's not enough time for you to run into the mall and, and purchase your girlfriend a gift, right? Like, so, so that that's one of the issues that we're, that we're trying to solve. And we know that mm-hmm. most most people are just really looking for convenience, right? And we're bringing that convenience element to the charging patrons directly. And you know, in, until now, not really anyone is doing it, right? So, um, so we we believe that we're leading the charge here, at least on the West Coast. Um, and, and, you know, we're looking, we're looking to expand through other markets as well in the future. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a very important fact. And I guess, um, you know, for, for listeners that, uh, that uh, are listening to this show that may not have an EV that are still thinking about it, you know, that haven't, that take the gas station, that highway, you know, stop uh, experience for granted. There's not a lot of that for EVs, as you guys are mentioning. I mean, Tesla's done a pretty good job with their supercharger network of placing most of them near some sort of uh, you know mall or retail or establishments where there are some amenities um but for the rest of the general public that don't drive teslas it's been you know it's been a mixed bag as you said some of these are in the middle of nowhere they're not close to a lot of things or they're not the right amenities so what i understand that you guys want to do is is encapsulate much more of a close knit experience when a consumer stops to charge and so that that charging experience doesn't become a chore, but it becomes a pleasant experience to look forward to. I mean, you know, I'm not sure about you guys. You guys are younger than I am, but I can't drive more than a couple hours without having to stop and go to the washroom and get a coffee or something. So, you know, my my young crazy days of driving across Canada and, and you know, 48 hours are gone. But 
Um, you know, but but even you want that stop, even the average charge time now, we're at that 300 mile, you know, 18 to 20 percent uh, or 18 to uh, 20, sorry, 10 to 80 percent in, in 18 to 20 minutes now, 25 minutes. It's a decent amount of time to stop. So you want things for clients to do. So what type of elements and amenities are you looking to put into these uh, stat That's, charge areas? Yeah, great question. So, you know, you know, one thing that makes us different from what's out there is, you know, our sites are designed for the EV customer mind, mm-hmm. you know, in mind, right? You know, where the stations are currently, they're more of an amenity to that existing mall or, or you know, but for us, everything is designed around the patterns and wants and needs of, of an EV driver. So mm-hmm. for example, the retail, right? You know, we're going to have pickup zones, we're going to have drive through uh, pickup lanes. Um, and the reason is we recognize that these electric vehicles, most of those customers are technology driven. Mm-hmm. These cars are also internet connected of things, right? So, you know, the ability to to provide a great experience digitally is, is important for them, right? You know, the ability for them to order food ahead before they get to the charging mm-hmm. site, right? To make it more efficient. Um, the ability to uh, have access you know, to 24 seven restrooms that are digitally locked, right? Where we don't have to have anybody manning them there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we are also uh, working on a convenience store that is potentially uh, going to be unmanned and be automated, you know, in a traditional um, gas station that may not be possible, but for an EV right. customer, it makes sense, right? I mean, mm-hmm. on my Tesla, right? I, I turn my car on, I, I, I change the white, you know, whatever, right? On my mm-hmm. app. I mean, you know, I summon the thing nowadays to, to pick me up sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that, is <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, work that well? <laughs> is that convenience store model similar to, uh, you know, like what's in Japan? Because in Japan, you can almost buy anything out of a machine these days, right? So again, for yeah. convenience and that kind of thing. So having that ability to self-serve and, and get what you need at that point in time, is that correct? Exactly. Because, yeah, you know, it's, I'm, it's, I'm glad you bring that up. I actually spent two years in Japan uh, mm-hmm. when I was in the service. And, um, you know, the convenience store is very, very different. It, yeah. In America, it's it, it's just, I, I don't know how many more negative connotations to a convenience store, right? You think of dirty, you think of cigarettes, you think of really crappy food, <laughs> you know, over in Japan, right? It is somewhere where you can linger at. You've mm-hmm. got a little bit of everything. It's high quality. Um, you know, they were smart enough to figure out that the post office is inside a convenience store because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can, um, you know, that's where I used to, you know, go to the ATM, right. You do a lot of banking right. at the convenience store. Um, so they're, they're, you know, very ahead of their time over there and they were already doing, you know, uh, digital payments on the phone. Right. And so something like mm-hmm. that, right. To work, you know, is what we're, we're striving to kind of create that similar experience for the C store on our sites. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we are also working with, uh, you know, larger retail, like multinational and national groups that are also, um, you know, in the, that play in the space of, of a higher quality, I shouldn't say higher quality, but, but, you know, an elevated type of uh, yeah. quick service, right. Think mm-hmm. of your healthier salad uh, and, and hamburger and taco and, you know, those type of food groups that we're also trying to bring to our sites to also improve the experience. Cause mm-hmm. you know, not every EV driver wants to, to you know, eat at uh, an unhealthier chain, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and, and Lester, I guess that's important because, um, as Lawrence mentioned about uh, about partnering with some of the other 
um, uh, amenity providers that are out there, be it retail or whatever, I guess that makes sense from just an access to power uh, capability. Is that correct? Because you're going to need some pretty good grid access to to power these uh, these hubs. Is that correct? That that is correct. These sites um, they they pull a lot of power from the grid, right? So it's an immense amount of power. I, I'm sure you're aware. You know, one DC fast charging station could power up a uh, super Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it takes a it takes a lot of power um, to bring to these sites. So we work closely with our partners, uh, both our EV charging partners plus the utility companies, in order to get you know the the right equipment on site uh, to power to power up these these uh, charging stations. In addition to that, you know, we are also installing solar panels on our sites, and you know, mm-hmm. as you know. The solar panels, they're, they're, the technology is not there yet where it can right. actually just power the charging stations themselves, but you can produce enough enough uh, power to get, you know, bring it back to the grid or store it in a battery where the, the electricity can be pulled from the battery as well. So there are some um, efficiencies uh, with mm-hmm. that um, that we're also uh, doing to our sites. So. Yeah, I know that there are, you know, obviously the battery storage technology. So is that something you guys are looking to partner with? And, and maybe offset some of the charging with some on-site battery storing as well. Yeah, we discussed that internally, and and you know this these this asset class is what I'll call it. Um, it it's very new and it's every day evolving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's a lot of different elements that we plan on bringing onto our sites, and batteries is is a conversation that we've had uh, in in the past, and we we are looking at that closely um, to potentially add them in, in our future sites. Excellent. Excellent. Now, Lawrence, you had mentioned off the top that um, the initial site, and just for those, again, who don't know where where Baker, California is, it's on the run between Barstow and Las Vegas, which is a very um, heavily uh, used route. Uh, You know, when people get their paychecks on a Friday, they're going to double, triple by going to Vegas. So, you know, it's a great place to capture some of that income (laughs) uh, on the way since they're in spending moods anyway. So very heavily traveled and and traveled. And again, it's not just, you know, Tesla's done a pretty good job at covering their clients, but there's, you know, what we're seeing in these EV projections, right? The millions and millions, a lot of them are are not going to be Tesla. So as all the other OEMs ramp up, so being able to capture those with it, with a really nice model. Um, So you mentioned about 20 uh, chargers uh, on average. Is that what you're targeting? Yeah. So Baker is going to be 40 DC Mm -hmm. pass. Um, And once again, we're building universal hubs. So they are for everybody. So I'm glad you bring up the fact that, you know, we're not trying to just service my own personal Tesla need, (laughs) but we are going to service everybody, Mm -hmm. right? Kia, Mm -hmm. Hondas, um, you know, you you keep going, right? The Rivian, the Lucid, et cetera, Volkswagen, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Will you have at least one? We're trying to get. I will ask, will you have at least one chat for somebody? Because there's still a lot of Nissan Leafs and some iMeves out there. Right? You, you know, it's funny you bring that up. We actually just had a discussion this morning about that. So we are trying to, um, yeah, we are trying to figure that piece out, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because the Leafs, there are a few Leafs out there. Um, there's a few. Yeah. And we want to be able to, yeah, we want to be able to service everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I and can... yeah, so we are, yeah. I was going to say, I, was, I can tell you from a Canadian perspective, wherever we're seeing a deployment of fast chargers, be it Electrified Canada, which is our Canadian contingent of EA. We have Petro Canada, which is a national um, gas provider, and they've installed a coast-to-coast network of fast chargers. Every one of those installations, there's, there's one, at least one, but usually only one Chatable plug. The rest will be CCS, 
And if they decide to outfit them with adapters for Tesla or do something, that's up to them. But for now, they're either all CCS or and or uh, there's always at least one Chatamon, even if it's a single unit where with two plugs, one will be CCS and one will be Chatamon. That seems to be what the standard is here in Canada so that we don't shut out uh, any of that audience and those those consumers that have the Leafs and iMeves and Mitsubishis and uh, you know, plug right. and other stuff. So I would just, you know, encourage you if you, you know, to maybe put one or two, depending on what your numbers are, it's probably, you probably won't need more than, than one or two, but certainly something to help with that or an adapter type of mechanism. If one exists, I haven't seen anything, but sorry, just wanted to throw that out there. So it's still pretty no. Canada that we recognize that, that consumer group. Even though everybody's moving away from China, we know that. So, so you mentioned uh, twenty DC. Now, are these going to be uh, uh, f- sorry forty to start in in Baker? Are these going to be uh, a, a certain range? Are they all going to be up to like one fifty capable? Do you have any sets of uh, power requirements there? Yeah, great question. So, yeah, we're we're looking at a minimum one hundred fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. we you know especially on. Um, you know, Baker's is a bit different than our our model, right? We're we're really trying to build these these hubs in more urban, dense um, areas because once again, if you live like for example in Canada, right? If you live in Vancouver and you're living in a large, um, you know, there's there's so much multifamily there, right? Mm-hmm. Not everyone may have the ability to charge at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I do have to say though, hats off to Canada, right? I believe in Vancouver, right? Every new build has to have. Um, you know, electric charging built there. So I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, they've been pretty um, progressive America, on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But in America, it's not like that. You know, if you have a building, you know, especially where I, you know, where I'm in, in Los Angeles, buildings mm-hmm. are 50, 60 years old. They're mm-hmm. not going to be able to, to upgrade that. Right. And so these hubs are important. Um, mm-hmm. But back to Baker, you know, we, we want to have as fast as possible because it's, you know, it's, it's about an hour and a half from Vegas. And so, you know, you know, when you drive from LA to Vegas, because um, most of the most of the visitors to Las Vegas are, are usually from Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. That's about a, you know, about three and a half four hour drive. Um, so you know, we want these customers to be in and out of our sites, you know, thirty five minutes at the most. Because mm-hmm. if they have to charge her for an hour, then then that might be a barrier for them to take their EV to Vegas or from Vegas to LA next time, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's why we're trying to go as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. No, makes sense. And um, uh, for the the amenities, Lester, maybe walk me through. You know what what a customer experience would be like. So I'm you know driving a a new Kia V6. I'm capable of pulling you know more than 150 for a good amount of time. So I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm getting down to 10. percent I'm going to stop. Going to plug in. I know I'm going to be there 20 to 30 minutes, probably depending on state of charge right. and all that other stuff. What type of experience will I be able to have at, at the Baker site to start? Yeah, great question. So first and foremost is, is the tenant that we're going to have there on the retail, right? Uh, we are currently negotiating with a national tenant at the moment um, that uh, a good a good name brand, good quality food. Um, and in addition to that, we're, we're going to have some outside patio space, uh, Wi-Fi. Obviously, the, the biggest important one is restrooms. Uh, during our customer discovery period, you know, we... We we realized that restrooms was the number one complaint of of the EV EV driver right mm-hmm. that there's just a, a lack of right yep. so 24 access uh, 24 seven access to restrooms outside patio Wi-Fi um, and you know good retail good 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 food right is is kind of the the basis at the moment um, 
Uh, and that's just particularly to the Baker site. Each site uh, will have different type of uh, uh, retail amenities um, or your food and beverage is, is mm -hmm. our number one. But uh, I think in some instances, you know, there can be other type of retail that can service the EV charger, uh, EV charging patrons. So, um, but specifically for Baker, I mean, it's just kind of hitting the all the requirements that people are looking for, right? Which is the restroom, Wi-Fi, um, a place to sit, right? And uh, obviously good food and beverage. Yeah, no, makes uh, makes perfect sense. That is extremely important, as you know, especially for families. I mean, I, I tell, I do a lot of public outreach and what I do for the, the landscape, not only the YouTube channel, but I'm part of a Canadian equivalent to the EVA that you guys have there. Um, so I run a local chapter, do a lot of public speaking outreach. I get on multimedia as well, radio and stuff to do things. And, you know, I tell people, like, just look at a, at a, at a long road, longer road trip in an EV as traveling with kids, right? You know, mm -hmm. you got to plan a bit more. You got to you got to stop a bit more than you usually. Yeah. If, you've, if you've got a case of got to get their itis, then, you know, maybe take a different vehicle. It'll work <laughs> to a point. But, you know, otherwise, relax, right? The world's already moving too fast. Let's slow down a little bit and enjoy the scenery as we go. So I think that's important to be, you know, to have those those uh, amenities. Now, are you looking to to provide, obviously, you mentioned technology earlier, Lawrence, you know, to have some uh, internet or some wireless connect so people could work yeah. and do things, right? Exactly. Yeah. So where we're working on also is, you know, we believe that it's not just the physical experience of the of the charging at our sites, but you know, your your experience begins on the digital world, right? And so we are working on making sure that when a customer um, finds a stack charge, right, they're going to enter on our cloud based app application, and from there, you know, once you know. Um, they're going to be able to identify you know, what's on our sites. You know, once again, they're going to have the ability to access, you know, access our amenities um, that are going to be reserved and, and, and you know, for the EV patron. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of funny. It's it's it's, it's unfortunate, but um, you know, in California, especially in Los Angeles, we we have quite the homeless population mm -hmm. uh, issue, yeah. and Most major um, one of the biggest. Yeah, and, and and you know, biggest complaint we you know we've gotten during our customer discovery was you know people want you know I said hey you know we said you know, what do you want in you know in, a, in an ideal charging hub right or or a rest stop and it's simple we want to have something that feels safe we want restrooms and, and so that's our answer is to create these destinations that are well lit you know we we can't afford to have a a, a restroom attendant right at every mm -hmm. property. And so we're going to be automating that, you know, we're going to be providing uh, these smart locked uh, restrooms where our customers um, can, you know, unlock with their, with the app. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're hoping that down the road, you know, as more and more EVs are on there, maybe the ability to reserve your space, you know, mm -hmm. once again, the ability to order with all of our partners, um, you know, and, and also maybe the ability to, to even gamify their experience to make it enjoyable to come to us. You know, so, so those are some things that we're working on that that we feel differentiates us from just the other, you know, property down the street, right? With with thirty superchargers there or something, right? Yeah, it's interesting about the the reserve of space concept. I hadn't heard that. Uh, you know, I hear people talking about it, but that definitely would be something. Um, I think that that'll benefit a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of consumers. And Lester, are you are you looking to adopt um, the the standards uh, of the I forget the name of the new, you know, plug standard that's coming, but basically, so you don't need to have an RFID card. You don't need to have a membership per se, you know, everything is stored in the car and then that 
all that information gets shared for billing. Is that what you guys are looking to roll out from a technology standpoint? Yeah, this is a question that Lawrence has better than I can. But yeah, ultimately, yeah, that, that's essentially the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Lawrence, please chime in if you, if you will. Yeah, no, totally. I'm glad you bring that up. Exactly. Once again, you know, we're trying to really um, improve upon the user experience that Tesla has kind of set as the gold standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not because I'm a big Tesla fanboy. It's just the fact that they really have no, just you know, gone that, ex- right? I mean, they've gotten yep. that thing locked down. I mean, Jesus, not to throw anyone on the bus, but I've tried every other station, right? The charge yeah. points. You know, I can keep going on, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to mention any more Me names. I'm going to send a hitman at my door, <laughs> but, you know. Listen, but, my course uh, EV was a Nissan Leaf, so I was there, right? You know, a couple of years of, of trying to find that and then went to the Model 3. Yeah. And that user experience, I mean, yeah. you know, they built it, uh, you know, let's build a charging network while we're starting to sell cars it's a smart move and they do make it simple just plug in and leave it and it'll tell you when it's ready to go so uh, i think you know to bring that experience to the non-tesla users is important to for ease of use and as you're saying to just make that whole stop experience much better yeah exactly you know we'd be willing to even you know I feel like it's not the speed that's the barrier it's the experience right if Mm -hmm. if we have a slower charger but the the experience is seamless, people will overlook that. Because to your point, you know, especially on a road trip, they're going to want to stop anyways. Some people may want to stop for 45 minutes, especially if you have kids, yeah. right? It probably takes oh, you 30 minutes to get the kid out of the car seat, right? I mean, I don't have kids. Lester has two kids, you know, so you can expand <laughs> more on that. But, but, but you know, so, um, so yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely correct. And, you know, again, I, I go back to that analogy about uh, treating a road trip almost like with having kids, whether you have it or not. And right. uh, we we're talking about kids, but what about, you know, pets and stuff? So a lot of people will travel with pets. EVs are mm-hmm. part of that. Are you going to look at having some sort of amenities for pets, for people in their pets? Great question. We have discussed that. And it, it, it'll it'll be dictated per site, right? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, if sure. there's a lot more room, we can add a dog park. And mm-hmm. I have a dog myself and I'm a dog lover and we do travel with our dog. Um, so having that ability for, for, to, for you to bring your dog with you, which is in most cases, um, they're, they're, they're a family member, right? So, um, so people do travel with them and having, having the ability to have a little area for your dog would, would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I typically don't take my goldfish with me on trips, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but certainly taking dogs and cats and others. Why yeah. not? So, well, it sounds great. Are you looking to also expand it? And I bring this up because I'm aware, as I mentioned earlier, that there, there are some similar type of movements in, in other parts of the world, specifically Europe, that I'm aware of, where there's a little bit of an educational component to, to the stop. You've got somebody there for some sort of time, 20 minutes, half an hour, you know, maybe somebody that, that needs to learn a little bit more, or wants to learn a little bit more. Uh, about EVs, are you looking to incorporate anything like that at the uh, stops? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, so we've looked at you know um, having like a pseudo showroom on one of our sites, right? Mm-hmm. Have a lounge and have the opportunity to allow uh, an automaker to to have a vehicle mm-hmm. there and, and maybe yeah. just a representative there, just to kind of chit chat and say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, um, this is what we've got going on. Um, right. and, and then, and not even just for EV education, but we've also looked at um, partner, you know, partnering with like museums and art installations, mm-hmm. you know, get some mm-hmm. rotating art there, right? You know, have yeah. some education, you know, because, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a, you know, you have a captive audience for, for 25, 35 minutes. That's right. Doing something right. to do. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I would just say, I mean, obviously we, we talked about it earlier, but GridServe is essentially doing that in Europe, right? And mm-hmm. their model is, is uh, they're, they're doing, they're doing good things out in Europe uh, and uh, we're, we're watching closely. So um, something like that in the U.S. we believe could work as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's a density model, right? It's conforming to the density aspect and mm-hmm. along these major routes that you identify, well, there are these corridors. I mean, that's, you know, where people need to capitalize on. Um, yes, I understand the, the, the interest the inner city, you know, if I live downtown on a condo, I need to find someplace to charge. Yeah, that's important too. But, you know, for, for people to road trip and road travel a lot more as they get more sure. confidence in EVs and the capabilities of them, Right. A lot of people that don't, you know, that are scared about charging is because they don't own an EV or haven't experienced it. But once you experience it once or twice on road tripping, it's pretty easy. I mean, that fear kind of tends to go away. So especially with EVs that are hitting the roads now with the standards that they have, the range and the charging speeds, and they're just going to get better, right, over time. So having that ability to provide a, um, you know, a very worthwhile, like meaningful experience. And, and I talked about pets before, but I should have mentioned as well for, for families and children, are you looking to have any amenities like a kid's zone or something like that to keep kids active for 20 minutes, half an hour? Yeah, great question. I mean, those are all things that we talked about. Um, and again, it, it'll, it'll be dependent on the, on the size of the parcel, right. Or where the mm-hmm. location is. And, you know, the way that we could probably see that happening is on these destination locations, right. So if you're driving from LA to, uh, you know, I don't know, Texas, right. And mm-hmm. along that route, right. You know, uh, you may want to have something like that for, for the children's to, to play and, and for your pets to play as well and, and, and utilize. So uh, the beautiful thing is with this, with this new asset classes is wide open, right. I mean, at this point, it really any, anything can go. Right. And if it's an if it's an amenity that our patrons are looking for, then it's something that we're going to highly consider. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. I I saw look at the website and saw some of their renderings that, you know, pretty nice. You're right. You've got a a, quite a a blank canvas that you can build upon. And, uh, you know, I love the aspect of kind of personalizing these sites for the areas that you're choosing um, and, and, you know, bringing in some some sort of local representation or element. So. You know, if it's a Southwest site, maybe, you know, having some native art and crafts or, or promoting something like that is a great idea. Or if it's up on the East Coast, you know, having, a, you know, a, the best clam chowder around or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, depending on what it is. So or the, best, or the best hot dogs, you know. <laughs> but, uh, I think that that's great. Now, uh, you, you uh, from what I've read, you've, you've acquired the land for Baker. Is it actively under construction yet? Or are you still in the zoning and permitting process right now? Yeah, we're in the zoning and permitting process at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 do plan on breaking ground uh, by end of Q4 or early Q1, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um, a couple of things are dictating uh, uh, that process, but yeah, we we're looking to have the Baker site open Q2 of, of 23. Okay, great. Just in time for the summer vacation season, basically. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And if fuel continues to drive up, uh, you know, I think it's dropped dipped below four bucks a gallon now for you guys in California. I think it's just <laughs> Cal- no, no, no it's yet. still up there. California. That's that's a national number. I saw yeah. it this morning myself, but yeah. no, we're still in the fives. We're still in the fives here in California. So you know, when I talk economics to people, and even for fast charging, I mean. You know, maybe maybe it'll cost you thirty bucks to charge up. You know, to go mm-hmm. another two hundred and some odd miles. And I tell people, relate that to your fuel. How much fuel yeah. do you need to put in? How many gallons to do that? And yeah. you know, it certainly still makes a makes a very uh, good difference in, in in savings for consumers. 
And I understand your plans, uh, Lawrence, are 10 sites over the next year or two. Is that correct? So you have some uh, other identified sites in, in, in mind? Yeah, Lester, you want to you kind of expand on that? Absolutely. Yeah. So our, our goal is to do 10 locations in the next 18 to 24 months. Uh, obviously, we have the Baker site. We, we are actively negotiating on sites right now. Um, our, our main goal right now is Southern California. So L.A. County, Orange County, San Diego County, mm -hmm. um, San Bernardino County uh, are all counties that we're really looking at at the moment. Uh, our focus is to get these 10 in Southern California and then started you know, growing that, expanding north and then outside of California as well uh, to select cities that have the high EV usage. So. Yeah, makes perfect sense. You know, go go with those densities. Um, I was going to mention, you mentioned some of those areas. I actually will be in San Diego next month for the Fully Charged Life Conference. I don't know oh, if you're great. aware of the Fully Charged folks. They're, they're, the big, they're the big gorilla on the YouTube side. So if you're there, look me up. I'll have a booth and uh, yeah. I'd love to meet you guys sure. and have a conversation. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. And uh, go. that'll be exciting. You just jogged my memory about that. Um, so that, that's, you know, that's extremely uh, very encouraging growth projections. Are you working with local government levels as well? Obviously, with 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 the new bill that's going through uh, the House and everything right now from from President Biden's administration on helping to promote. Now, there's going to be a little bit of uh, of shock, I guess, shock and awe initially as is, you know as the last EV plan comes to a close and the new one you know will start eventually. But um, it it will spur adoption, and I'm sure that are, is there funding available that you guys can capitalize uh, capitalize for some of this rollout. Yeah, so we're, we're looking at all those options at the moment. We know that all these new bills have been signed and you know, there, there's a slew of money out there, federal money and state money as well. Um, but we, we currently do work with, with the local cities and counties uh, as, we're, as we're looking at these sites. And many of them do have certain programs that help uh, bring in the infrastructure, at least um, either you know, help, you, help you cut some costs on, on the infrastructure, incentivizing you a certain way through uh, LCF credits or, you know, other, other, um, you know, other assistance that we can get to bring in the infrastructure. Cause you know, as you know, it's, it's extremely expensive, uh, to bring, uh, yeah. <laughs> the infrastructure for 40 stations is not, is not something that is, uh, is not cheap. So, um, so yeah, so any, any way that we can get some assistance to help us continue to grow the platform we're, we're looking into. No, it's great. Um, and I will ask another question. I'm not sure if you thought about it. I mean, obviously, for, by what we've gone through over the last couple of years, is there any thought to maybe, because it doesn't look like, you know, um, from a medical perspective that this is going to go away anytime soon. It's going to be kind of a lingering issue for the foreseeable future. Then we've got things like monkeypox and all this other, who knows what the next flavor is going to be over the next years as, as things happen. Any thought to maybe having some sort of, you know, uh, health clinic type approach where somebody can come in and get a booster shot while they're recharging that kind of thing? Partnership yeah, point? it's yeah. You you know, we've actually. Um, I'm trying to think out of the, outside of the box here. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. There there are a few there are a few um, conversations that we've had. Um, uh, you know, without naming names, but yes, sure. we've been you know um, discussing you know working with a large uh, pharmacy, you know, type of shop store, right. To do maybe have a micro shop or, or even maybe some type of telemedicine hub there. Mm -hmm. um, another one also is um, like, for example, there, there, a lot of the retailers starting to downsize like Nordstrom's, for example, right. They are trying to build smaller stores that are 
more designed as quick pickup and drop off. Um, you know, so, so those are some things we're, we've been looking at because once again, it's all about trying to to really increase convenience. Um, and it makes sense, right? If I'm going to have to go, if I have to be at this destination because I have to charge, I don't have a station at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you might as well make that trip as you know productive as possible, right? Get food, use a restroom, you know, throw, you know, send some mail out, or you know, or, or, or drop off some alterations, or mm-hmm. or get your shot. You know? Yeah. So well, I, I pick I up your I say that because I was in LA not too long ago for the uh, GM Blazer EV reveal. Uh, they put us up in Beverly Hills for a day or so. And, and I, I, you know, driving from the airport to the hotel, I must have went by five or six pop-up clinics that are just sitting on corners. You know, uh, these are tents and get a free shot or or COVID test is another one. A lot of those things popping up. So it's just like, wow, like we don't have that here. <laughs> you have to go to a, you know, to a drugstore establishment um, mm-hmm. who's, who's able to do that. So I just thought, you know, again, you've got somebody, what can you do? Well, what, what can be productive within 20 or 30 minutes that a consumer might need that, you know, doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to roll out as well but that, exactly. uh, that provides a benefit so yeah i'm glad you guys are thinking about that i know we're getting closer at time so any final thoughts um i'll start with yourself lester that you want to want to add to uh, to the listeners here or some final comments oh you're on mute there sorry sorry about no that yeah no that just that we're very excited with this new platform that we're building i think that um this is a, a wide open highway uh, currently in the u.s um we we do uh, plan on expanding from coast to coast here in the future um and we're just very excited what we're doing and we're excited that we can help um you know bring in some of this this infrastructure and, and help this ev you know tsunami that's coming right um so we're very excited about that for sure and uh, Lawrence, um, how can folks uh, find out more information? And are you guys? Yeah, I don't think you're you're a public company yet. I always throw that out there. So, uh, are there ways that folks get more involved? Yeah, no, we're totally happy to. You know, we we get uh, we get messaged all the time, so we're more than happy to share. You know, we've had a lot of growing pains these past two years, and mm-hmm. you know, our goal is to really help. Uh, you know, help improve the adoption of EVs. There's going to be more than enough business out there, you know, or, you know, you know, what we're trying to be is the gas station, you know, the new gas station, right. And, you know, you look out there, there's gas stations on each corner, right. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, what they can do is they can either email us at info at the stackcharge.com or they can email me directly, um, which is Lawrence at the stackcharge.com. And, you know, and you know, simple Lester's is Lester at the stack charts.com. Pretty easy. Um, so yeah, pretty easy. So we're, you know, we're, we're accessible, we're easygoing. Um, you know, we can either just shoot the shit with, with them or or if they have interest in, in <laughs> we can say know, that on YouTube. Of, it's not like radio where we're you know, <laughs> we're we're gonna be now. The viewers won't say that, yeah. no, for sure. This is the ex-military starting to come out now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it took me two years to stop swearing in normal conversation. Man, it was hard after I left. It, is hard. it, it is really hard. is a different thing for folks that don't understand that. They'll think, you guys are nuts. But for anybody who served in any type of uh, element, you'll, you'll understand. Well, you know, that's definitely great. I'm glad that you guys have that. Again, the website, folks, is thestackcharge.com. Check them out, uh, follow their progress, certainly reach out if you've got ideas. Uh, you know, I think the only thing you're missing is a roller coaster and a swimming pool and a hot tub. And then, <laughs> you know, I'm not leaving. I'm checking in for three days here. 
Talk about homeless. There's Ken there. He's has a left for four days. Somebody call the cops. No, it's all good. I wish you guys uh, the best of luck. And again, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I'm very excited about this uh, about this venture, and I'll certainly keep my eyes and, and ears wondering. And then hopefully, when Baker's up and running at some point, when I'm down in that area, I because uh, I do plan on maybe taking my Tesla, you know, cross country because it's it's it is that easy. Yep. There you go. Depending on the route, there are some some areas that are still kind of badlands, but um, uh, you know, definitely trying to explore more uh, on the cheap, right, for for electricity. So, absolutely great, well, Ken. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much for being on, and all the best. So, success, guys. Thank you. Ken. Thank Appreciate you. It. Take it easy. Thanks again for listening, folks. You can email me if you have comments. Email at evrevolutionshow at gmail Follow me on Twitter at EVRevShow. I'm also on Instagram, EVRevolutionShow. And if you uh, have any suggestions for shows, please let me know. Thanks again for listening, and please, everybody stay safe. And until the next time, I'll see you when I see you. This episode of the EV Revolution Show is sponsored by File Sanctuary. Need a great web host for your business? Need to get email at yourdomain.com? They provide professional feature-rich web and email hosting for any project you have in mind. Get started today at filesanctuary.net forward slash cloud and save 10% with promo code EVREVSHOW. Mm-hmm.